Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've landed on the second page. This is our first episode of what we hope to be several episodes of the Second Page News Podcast. This podcast was the thought child of Terry, that's me, and Jerry, that's me. All right, we're news junkies. We probably read, I don't know, what what do you say, Jerry, more than 100 articles a week? Uh, You read, I probably just watch videos. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jerry's a political specialist and a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Wait, so am I. Uh, Let me be clear. We are not journalists. What we are, or like to think we are, are thought leaders when it comes to the periodicals. Now, that's nerd speak for we love the news. We promise to find you news you can use and hope to keep you entertained. Jerry, let's get this show on the road. And first things first, let's go ahead and set the table. All right. So today's show, typically our show will be built around a couple of concepts, maybe two or three articles. Me and Jerry will talk about it. Uh, There'll be a special point in the show every time. Today, Jerry's got a great rant for us. The three things we're going to talk about today, one is uh, one in the national news is one of the biggest stories is the Ahmad Arbery case. Uh, the second thing we're going to talk about is Corona, and we're not talking about the beer. And then Jerry's got a rant, and then we're going to end this show on a fun note. You guys, you just wait to see. You're going to enjoy it. All right. So let's kick it to the first story. Jerry, let's talk about Ahmad Arbery. Jerry, how, why don't you sub- summarize it for us? I'm sure everybody in America knows about it, but let's go ahead and summarize it for us. And let's talk I, about it. It's, it's pretty cut, uh, simple. It's a um, black guy. Out jogging, I guess maybe in South Georgia in a neighborhood he wasn't supposed to be in, which I find that. Wait, hard I thought he lived there. I don't, not sure if he lived there. I think he it was just on his route when he jogged. The guy jogged. He was uh in the fitness and stuff, and two people, I use that term loosely. I mean, they looked like they've been inbred or whatever, but they saw him and they took it upon themselves to do a citizen's arrest with shotguns, and they stopped him, they shot him, and killed him. That's pretty much sums it up, but we've got a lot to talk about with that. Yeah, let's talk. Let's get into it, Jerry. All right. So, Jerry, you know me. Uh, America, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Terry. Terry has a, sometimes has a dark sense of humor, and uh, he makes jokes at inappropriate times. And I'm not making a joke, but I'm being very serious when I say this. Black people, here's what we need to learn. When you want to go out for a jog, the only place we can jog is in place. That's it. <laughs> Jerry, we can't jog down the street. We can't jog to the grocery store. You can jog in place. I will say this. um, You're probably right. Um, You've had black people getting shot for just going to the store. You had us getting shot just doing anything. Just standing on the corner. Just breathing. Just, hey, hey, how you doing? Boom, you're dead. You know, like, it's... (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, We're not laughing. Yes, and, and I'm being, you know, facetious with that, but it's to the point where... What can you do as a black person, especially a black male, if you walking out, just walking down the road, minding your own business? It kind of brings back to slave catchers in our country. Let's just be honest. And a lot of people aren't honest about this. They don't want to have that discussion. We have had a history with race and racial issue, you know, problems since 1619. So back during slavery and they had slave catchers. Yeah. Any white person had the right to stop any black person they saw walking. I want to see your papers. And that carried over into Jim Crow. 
where blacks were routinely accosted, you know, stopped, just frisked, whatever they wanted to do during, during Jim Crow, after Jim Crow, things, we think things are better, but if you go in some areas in small towns in, in the South, and may not even be in the South, you can find that where people, this guy jogging, minding his own business, he looked in a new construction home that was still under construction. He couldn't steal anything out I mean, of that. What, what was he going to steal, Jerry? Exactly. I he mean, had on a T-shirt and shorts. Where was he going to put anything? Yeah. And he's out jogging, and the guys who look like they needed to be jogging themselves and cutting back on some meals, they're going to go out and just you know, mess with him. Yep. And so Benjamin Dixon wrote an article. Uh, and he said the main reason this happens is because, let's be honest, black males are viewed as criminals. Now, I, I mean, if you look at the news every night or looking things in general, I, I mean, I would have to agree with him. Correct. Uh, we're viewed as criminals, even though yep. you know, the vast majority of us are not criminal. Right. That, that is correct. Um, yep. And, and, and these guys hunted him down. I mean, they were waiting for him. So apparently they had tried to make contact with him. He changed direction. So they went to cut him off and they waited, waited for him. Awesome. Now, Jerry, this is what I was telling you. Remember, we had a conversation mm -hmm. when Philando Castile died, right? When Philando Castile died. a black guy minding his yep. own business. And I told you, I said, people don't know. Uh, well, a lot of people know. Philando Castile's child was sitting behind him in a car seat yep. when his father was murdered, right? Yep. That's correct. The only person who believes that you are going to kill them with your child sitting back behind you, sitting, sitting to the rear of you, is someone who doesn't see you as human. They see you as less than human. Ding, they see ding, you as a ding. wild animal. Because why else, why, what other reason would someone kill you in front of your child and, and then use the excuse, I thought you were going to kill me? That is correct. But that, you know, that's their go-to excuse every single time when these clowns go out and kill somebody. Even these clowns in Brunswick, and I call them clowns um, because they, that's actually giving them a compliment. So, like I said, to all my black brethren out here in America, two things. All right. You need to learn to jog in place because if you, you're not safe anywhere, right? That's, that's correct. Right. And then uh, this podcast is actually recorded in my office. Jerry, I did two miles around my desk today. <laughs> I mean, so, hey. and the second thing I will say, and this is my public service announcement to African-Americans living in America, you have to live in cities with no fewer than five and a half million people. You got to give yourself better odds. You got to give yourself better odds. You know, at first I felt bad when you said that because I'm from a small town, but then, you know, I got to thinking about it. I'm like, well, hey, you got a point. You I mean, <laughs> Brunswick, Georgia, 16,000. Yeah. Dead. Orlando Castile, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Dead. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's, it's, a tra it's a, just a tragedy, and um, I just hope justice is served, and um, maybe the Justice Department can uh, do something with this thing, but it's... Listen, I, I have a fervent belief that America gets better and better. <laughs> we, we just got to do better, America. We got to yeah, do better. Yeah, America. we do. We do. Because and, and I love America. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to live in... Ex exactly. It's, this is 2020. This kind of crap needs to be stopped, and it shouldn't even be happening. It shouldn't happen... 20, 30 years ago, but we're crying out loud. All right, now moving on. Jerry, let's get into this coronavirus. COVID-19. Okay. Now, I'll admit, Jerry's pretty upset about this coronavirus. I'm somewhere in the middle. All right, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Jerry 
is mad at me for not taking the coronavirus as serious as he thinks I should have. And then I have another friend of mine who's mad at me for saying I'm taking it way too serious. So I feel real comfortable about my position on the coronavirus. <laughs> but for Jerry's sake, Jerry's very upset. He's upset at the uh, administration. I'm going to play a devil's advocate. Advocate's devil. Um, but Jerry, go, go on. Let it go. Well, tell me, I will tell say me what this. you're mad about. I will say this. The, the first thing I would have done, and you know, everybody can be a Monday morning quarterback, but some things are just obvious to you. Which you had, you had to look at the severity of this. We weren't privy to the intel that was given by this administration in December and in early January. So we can sit back now and say, oh, well, you know, Monday morning quarterback and be like, second guess, you know, the president. I don't do that. What I would have done initially, once I was told the severity of this, I would have gotten the scientific community and the medical community. They would have been in the Oval Office. We would have been meeting. We would have dug up everything we had on the pandemic of 1918. Um, and it was 1918, not 1917, you know, as somebody on TV always tells you, 1917, but it's 1918. So I would have you know, studied what, you know, what happened during that time. You know, how did we kind of curtail the, the death you know, during that? Would have had a much better response to the American people. I would have told the American people that this is serious. Uh, this is a contagious and a deadly disease. I would have implemented social distancing early. Um, if we could have done this early March in mid-February, we could have, we would have done this. Um, face masks would have been mandatory. If you're going anywhere, you would have had to wear a, a worn a face mask. But the, all those kind of steps, but, hey, were, hey, hey, that was missed out. How in January are we going to make everybody wear a face mask when there's probably 15 cases of corona? It's 15 cases. But what the administration had notes on, they had intel on, is this thing had gone through China. Remember in January- It its way through China. Exactly. Remember in January, China had already been under quarantine because they, they in, in Wuhan province, they were under quarantine for 76 days. They didn't start it in March. That started in December when they saw the severity of this disease or this virus. So um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can say that this guy should have got on TV, used a bully pulpit and been presidential and told the American people. No, no, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Because you know that's my argument. So I'm like, no matter how you cut it, Donald Trump became a president with this coronavirus. (laughs) Jerry is like, Terrence, you're saying he became president. I said he became a president with the coronavirus. Vehemently disagree with that comment. He became a president. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you my- my, Go ahead. You you have the floor. So like I always tell Jerry, I'm like, there's two things, right? There's what we see and what's really going on, right? So- Let's start at the beginning. All right. So a good flu season has 30,000 deaths. That right? is correct. Red 80 grand. There's no doubt this thing is way more serious than the flu. I myself was one person who's calling it like the flu. This thing is way more serious than the flu. Absolutely. The Delta is just too great. Too many people are dying in too short of a period of time. Okay. But here's, here's what I will tell you. So at first, the press, all right, and play devil's advocate here. They, they were like, once you recognize it as an illness, once you recognize it as an illness, right? So, I mean, begrudgingly, mm-hmm. he came along and he, he recognized it. Because remember, he, he did his little disappearing thing. They got that animation on C, uh, CNN. It's pretty cool. <laughs> like, it'll just disappear. If you can see me, I'm doing it right. Here. Yes. Okay. So, he, he recognized it, right? So, then they're like, the hospitals are going to be overflowing with people. The hospitals are going to be overflowing with people. And this is where I give the feds a good grade. <laughs> so I, I always tell people there's the 
recognition, the response, and the results. So on the recognition, I give the feds an A+. Let me tell you why. Go ahead. Because in New York City, Mm -hmm. ground zero for corona madness, right? Uh Uh-huh. They they sent that boat, the USS Comfort, mm-hmm. and the Javis Center in the city, which is a civic center. They converted yep. it to a hospital. Yeah, the boat had seventy one people on it at its peak. Right, New York, uh, where we're at now. You know, once again, we're playing Monday morning quarterback. But New York is is definitely uh, the cases are retreating, the deaths are, are are slowing down, and the boat's gone. Right, the boat is gone. So we got to give them an A plus there. Right, <laughs> you give them so, that. No, no, but then the press goes. All right. So you didn't admit it's a disease. What are you doing to save everybody? Now, now it's what's the testing? How are we going to test everybody? Listen, man, everybody shut in. How are we going to test everybody? But I understand we need to come up with procedures. But what happens is you keep moving the field goal post. And that's, that's just the worst thing in life. Like, how do you, how do you disagree? How do you, it's like trying to kick a ball on a string. I disagree. Every with time you. you go to kick, the ball gets pulled. I don't agree with your All premise right, so on you that. Say? Here's the thing. Um, let me address the first thing when you said that. Okay. Um, uh, about New York City, I am not. I'm from New York. Yes, but no, I, that's that's nice to know. But I am not giving uh, <laughs> De Blasio or Cuomo a pass because early on they were ignoring this thing too. They didn't think it was serious either. But the difference is, once they realized this was something serious, they had to take a step back. They're like, "Oh, this is serious. We've got to put things in place." The administration continued to be defiant. Until middle March, you know, it kept saying, you know, this is a flu. This is a hoax. It's a Democratic hoax. You know, people, people bought that. That That's what pisses me off is when he first said it was a hoax, he went back a month and a half later and said, this is serious. His fans only hear the hoax part. They didn't hear the severity of this. So wait, is that his responsibility? That is his responsibility and his fault because you're the leader. Show some damn leadership here and tell the American people how bad this thing really is. People are adults. We can handle this. You know, we've we've been through, you know, the 1968 flu pandemic or epidemic. It wasn't a pandemic, but then it was 57. There was one and all these things originated from anyway. But and then the 1918 epidemic, we've been through this as a nation with not nearly as much medical advances and we survived. So, yes, he failed in leadership when he should have been telling this thing serious. All right. From 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 let's go from January to now. Yes. What's the grade you give the feds? The federal response, I will give a C plus. Okay, it was a D when we talked. It was a D. Um, mine is B minus to C plus, and that includes the F in the beginning. Like it's a hoax. It's it, he very quickly came around. When you say in the Fed, are you meaning the White House? Or are you meaning government? Congress no, no, no. no. What people don't realize is so like when Barack Obama's mm-hmm. president, it's Barack Obama's CDC, it's Barack Obama's FEMA, it's Barack Obama's Treasury Department, and it's Barack Obama's Congress. Evidently, so, they left everything bare. <laughs> there was nothing left. There were no medical tests. There were no medical tests for a, for a virus that had, didn't even exist four years ago. So explain that to me. So so here. So what? Great. So <laughs> when, when people people are like, I trust the CDC, but you don't trust this administration. Listen, it's Trump's CDC. It's Trump's Treasury. It's Trump's Congress. Think about this, Terry. If. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he has been the foremost leader in infectious disease in America since the 80s. Ronald Reagan 
Ronald Reagan appointed him. Yeah. We're to a point now where there are people who are sending this man death threats for trying to protect them. Dude, those stupid things. They are morons, I understand. Yeah. Well, I can't call them that, but they are misguided people. Yeah. Um, but they take their cues from the person in the White House. It for is sure. easy for them to listen to him. And then, or there's another network, which is an entertainment network, passing itself off as a news network. They listen to them. Yeah, I say it at Fox News. Yeah. They said they downplay this thing. And even today, they turn for like, it's like wrestling. They were heel. Then they went good. Now they're back heel again, telling people, <laughs> I'm serious. I don't this know is, where I'm at. This is, yeah, this is ridiculous well, I, I what I they're doing this, here. All right, Jerry, because, you know, me and you've been friends for years. You remember how I initially oh, yeah. viewed this. Yes. I, thought it was a, I thought it was a joke. I didn't call it a hoax. I was just, I just. You didn't think it was real. The, I, listen, I listed out all the illnesses that we've had. Yes. H1N1. SARS, MERS, yes. swine flu, avian flu, Ebola, even though nobody, the two people who got Ebola never died. I did not, I cannot see, Trump cannot see, uh, America cannot see how serious COVID-19 was. I, I'm sorry. That's why, that's why I kind of give him a pass. I, now, I, w- I won't give him a pass on this is not real. It'll, you know, it'll heal up. I'm going to cut you I'm off right here. Yeah, and I agree with you. And you get back to your point there, but I'm going to agree with you on that one. When you said you didn't believe, and I truly believe that the vast majority of Americans, think about this, folks. We haven't been through something like this since 1918 through 1920. Nobody is alive. And if they are, they, anyway, but, um, you know, so yeah, we, they don't know their hair. Well, I, I wasn't going there, but, you know, <laughs> so there's a shock disbelief with Americans. I really truly, and, and, and I'll give Trump you know, that I like, you didn't know how bad this thing was. You could not imagine that this country would be going through. And I was driving over here today and I was seeing people out and I'm thinking, you know, our world almost was shattered. And to a degree it is. But no, so, so, yeah, um, I, I just think that, that that's what the problem is. A big problem of it is stunned disbelief. People simply cannot grasp this is happening to us. I, it was a shock to me. I mean, it was a shock to me. Yeah. All right. So here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit. I know we we we've, we've talked about some pretty heavy topics uh, <laughs> the first two sections. So we had Ahmad and we had Corona. God rest Ahmad's soul. I hope he rests in peace. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go on a lighter note, but still very serious. Jerry's got a rant. So when we come back, Jerry's gonna have a rant. All right. We're back, and this is Jerry, and I'm going to do my rant for the week. Um, and I know I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off when I make this rant, but I don't care. So, because it's, it's incredibly ridiculous. <laughs> nah, it is Go not ahead. ridiculous. I'm sorry, I'm, last, I'm interrupting. I'm interrupting. Exactly. The last dance, I'm pretty sure people, sporting fans, and people who are casual sporting fans have been watching that uh, documentary series on ESPN. It's a pretty good, you know, well put together piece. I have to admit, I haven't watched all the episodes. I only watched bits and pieces of it because I have a confession to make. In the late 80s and in the 90s, I was probably one of the few people who could not stand Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So I don't think he's GOAT. I don't think he's the greatest. New York City. (laughs) Say that again. I said you and the rest of New York City. Well, New York City is because I used to abuse my New York Knicks. I'm not from New York, but I have been a New York Knicks fan since the 90s. But getting back to my rant about Michael Jordan not being the greatest of all time. How do we determine greatness? Well, I determine greatness 
the impact on the court. If for basketball, what could he do? Magic Johnson and, Le- and, Le- and LeBron James could play all five positions on the floor, play it at an all-star level, and play it in the finals. They did. Michael Jeffrey Jordan could never do that. His height, his size, it just wasn't going to lie. He could come over from help defense and block a Pat Ewing shot, which I saw on that documentary, and I remember. But that's not him straight up Dean um, Patrick Ewing. He couldn't do that. Magic Johnson could. Magic Johnson's 6'9". LeBron James could. LeBron James, 6'8", 6'9". LeBron James is built like a locomotive. He's like 270 pounds and chiseled. Um, he made his teammates all better. Every place where LeBron has gone, he's made those guys better. You can't really say that about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yes, was he was he the hardest working athlete probably in the history of sports? I will give him that. Was he the greatest player of the decade of the 90s? I will give him that. I will not go and say he's greatest of all time because if you give him greatest of all time, that means you have to overlook you want, to, you want to base it on championships. He got six rings. Bill Russell has 11. Bill Russell, as far as I know, never lost in the finals either with the Boston Celtics. And I understand he played in the 50s and the 60s. And there was a whole different ball game when most of the players he was playing against you know, had a second job as a milkman or a brick mason. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, you, then you fast forward and you got guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest big men I've ever seen. And I saw him toward, you know, late part of his prime. But in my opinion, you can't say Michael Jordan is the greatest because what I just listed out there, he couldn't play all five positions on the floor. Was he a great scorer? Yes. Kobe Bryant was a great scorer. Kobe was just as good as Michael. And all these people saying, oh, no, he wasn't bull. That is bull. And you're not watching this thing. You're so much of a fanboy of Michael Jordan. You're blinded and you cannot... uh, See the forest for the trees. The bottom line is Kobe Bryant's game was the exact same as Michael Jordan's game, maybe even slightly better because of the competition that Kobe had to play in the 90s and in the 2000s. He's younger than Jordan. He was younger than Jordan, of course. So he had he's closer to the modern you know, time. Kobe retired was at 2013, 2014, something like that. So he played against Steph Curry and, and, and those shooters with today's rules. Jordan never had to do that. LeBron has played every, think about this. You know, people are poo-poo LeBron for six losses in his, in the finals. Every team LeBron lost to, that team was better than the team LeBron put up, except 2011 with the Dallas Mavericks. Now that's unforgivable, you know, that loss, but he was entitled to have a bad series. This guy has been to more finals than all but three or four franchises. I mean, when I heard that stat, I'm like, that blew me away. Like, think about it. One player has been to the finals more than all but three or four NBA franchises. You don't think that guy's great? You don't think he's the GOAT? And if you, if here's the, the last thing, my, my rant. Break it down by decades. Yes, Michael Jordan of the 90s was the GOAT. LeBron James of this, of the 20, of the teens and stuff, the teens, he's the GOAT. At one point, Kobe was the greatest player in the NBA. Shaq was. You can't, to me, you just can't lump and say one guy because then you're going to screw up like Oscar Robinson, Elgin Baylor, and I am being told that I have to wrap this up because I could go on for 10 hours or longer telling you people that Michael Jeffrey Jordan is not the GOAT. Take that, Chicago.
right. That leads us to our third section, Sherry. You, sir, have lost your damned mind. <laughs> Michael Jeffrey Jordan is not only the greatest basketball player to ever grace the, uh, the full court, the basketball court. He's the greatest basketball player to ever play on a baseball field. Okay. Well, okay, but you know what? You may have me there. You may have me there. All right, I mean, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. He couldn't Second of all, arm. Jerry, obviously you're not watching The Last Dance. Let me tell you why. Okay. Because Michael Jordan's teammates on The Last Dance, they all say he made us better. He kept pushing us. Now, they he were would drive us crazy. They, they were. They he were. bullied them. No, no, but that's what great, that's what great people do, right? So... They they say he made him better. And I, I'm not going to lie. LeBron James is fantastic. Kobe, I'm sorry. He's a carbon copy. God rest Kobe's soul. I never really was a big Kobe Bryant fan. Same guy. But let me tell you something. I believe now I'm going to make a lot of people angry with this. Go ahead. Because do you remember in the 80s and 90s? That was the that was one of the days of the big men. Bowling I think LeBron would have been decent in the 80s and 90s. I don't know about great. LeBron would have had to be hard, more hard. Um, do, do, do willing to do the hard fouls and like clothesline people and you know. All right, and then I don't know if he has it in him. Okay, my my next point. Magic so much as admitted during the last dance that Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play basketball. What was he supposed to say? He, what, what, I hey. think he shouldn't have said it. Okay, I was seeing in the eighties and the nineties that Magic was the greatest. But go ahead. Okay, my next point. Mike's undefeated in the finals, bro. Find me someone else who's undefeated in the finals. Bill Russell. Okay, which goes to my milkman argument. <laughs> Bill Russell was playing against Terry and Jerry and his friend Steve, who was 5'9". And, and he won 1,800 championships. And he's the greatest. Come on, dude. It also goes to the point that Come the on, NBA, man. outside of the Knicks, the Rockets, and maybe the Jazz, they weren't really good teams in the 90s when Jordan was dominating. He, he played in a watered-down yeah. league. You thought it wasn't good? Think about this. No, think, wasn't good? think about this. No, they weren't on that level. But think about this. The 80s had the Celtics and the Lakers. Uh-huh. Those guys had gotten old by the and the Pistons toward the end of the 80s. Yes, absolutely. Michael Jordan could not beat those. Michael Jeffrey Jordan could not beat those guys until they got old. When the people got past I mean, their he prime. Was a baby. LeBron got to the finals. He took a, a, a bag of chips to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. All right. Yeah, I, I always love the Bill Russell <laughs> argument, the Wilt Chamberlain argument. I'm like... They still played. They, yeah, but yeah, they played against dudes. Okay, times. what about Kareem? No, no that... All right, you so that's my to, next... You, tell me your top five. Give me your top five. My top five basketball players. All right. All right, so I'll get this out of the way. Okay. Michael Jordan. Okay. So I'll go ahead and do that. I'm not saying he's the greatest, but since people are going to be like, oh, where's Michael Jordan? All right, Jordan. LeBron. Okay. Magic. Kareem. Then when you get to that fourth, you're getting very... Sticky here because you can make I can make the argument for Bill Russell. I'm not going to put him in there. Wilt Chamberlain dominant, and I'm going to take Shaq out. I'm moving Shaq and putting Wilt in there. So I got four. So the fifth guy, am I going to take off Elgin Baylor? Oscar Robinson averaged a triple double for the season, and he was the first to do it besides Russell Westbrook. You know what? I'm going to use an unpopular uh, choice right here, and people are going to. This is what I saw. Larry Bird. Oh, here. I'm going to give you mine. Michael Jordan. LeBron James. I'm going to tell you. Kobe Bryant. Okay. Magic Johnson. Larry Bird. Where is Kareem? You didn't see Kareem. 
Yeah, that's, that's, I, you yeah. know, I, I saw my, I saw it with my eyes, right? I saw, I saw yeah. Kareem when he was old, and I was like a kid. Yeah, I, I can understand. The sky that. hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But early yeah. '80s, when he was still in his mid '30s, early '30s, that sky hook was—you couldn't block it. Yeah. I mean, it was dominating. Yep. And people don't realize how strong of a player he was. But anyway, you know, I digress and I'm moving on. Uh, yeah. I, it, you know what? That was rather tame. I thought we were going to get after it. Uh, yeah, I know. hate but, Michael um, Jordan. I do not I hate Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. I just simply don't like Michael Jordan. It's a big but, difference. But you despise Michael Jordan. No, I don't I mean, despise him. have been having this argument for four years. I have been this way since the 80s. When I was a kid, <laughs> I had never. I was like, he ain't that good. You know, I was wondering why everybody's what? like, Yes. I'm talking 84, 85, when they put him, when they first came out with those shoes and everybody was like, he's a rookie. He's not that good. I remember here in North Carolina, yeah, he hit that big shot against Georgetown. I was like 11. But come on. I I, I didn't see that. But All right. Hopefully we'll have some more great sports debates for you. But uh, you know what? We're getting to that point in the show. We're about to start wrapping things up. Jerry, do you have anything you want to say right before we... I want to clear something up with this. I am not saying that Michael Jordan is not great. He was great. We're coming to the time we're going to wrap this show up and we're going to you know, say some closings here. And, then, and I want to say in closing is, um, you know, we have fun with our conversations. Um, you know, we don't take ourselves too serious. So, that, you know, the people don't take this serious. You know, listen to it. If you like it, keep listening to us. But I do have to say this um, to everybody. Um, my understanding is that the entire world can hear this, not just here in America. So and this pertains to the world. We will get through this. This COVID-19, this virus, it is something that is very serious and we all have to do our part. Um, We have to help each other out. We have to adhere to the social distancing. And I know that's a drag, but we still need to do that to protect ourselves and others. We have to wear our face masks. Um, We have to take other precautions out here. And not just here in America, this is in the world. Because as I said, we have been through, this world has seen a lot of stuff to use, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, we've, ex- we've survived bubonic plague in the 1400s. Um, we've survived mad men in this world. And we all got better for it. And I think what happens here with this COVID-19 virus is if we adhere to the rules and the guidelines, we'll get past this. Um, you know, one day, you know, we'll all be back together playing, laughing, you know, enjoying each other's companies and drinking and, and, and eating. And that's what we look forward to. And just everybody out there, stay safe and be cautious. So that's pretty much all I have to say. And, hey, it was great being here with you guys. And um, hopefully we'll be here for more. And yeah, everybody out there, y'all take care. So we're so happy you decided to join us for the first episode of the Second Page News. All right, we're, we're going to be here for a long time, people. We're going to have a, we're going to have a ball. You just you just got a taste of what me and this gentleman are capable of. We're going to have a great time. Now it's an unfortunate thing that we had to start on the first page. So now every week won't be like this. It usually will be a news article that's obscure or something that you haven't heard about. That's why we call it the second page because you know the first page is like an echo chamber. All you hear is the same thing all day long. Okay, but I guess it's kind of fitting that our first episode. Put us on the first page. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to join us every week where we promise to deliver you news that you can use that'll make you think or make you laugh. Remember, we're all in this together. And when the aliens come to kill us all, we're going to need to stick together.
You saw that Pentagon video. See, now that's my second page, right? I'm kidding. We're all in this together. So we need to treat each other with the same respect that we treat our mothers. Okay. Some people out there hate their mothers. So for you guys out there, we need you to treat each other with the respect we give our grandmothers. Wait, some people's grandmothers are the meanest people they've ever met. Okay, so in closing, <laughs> golden rule, people. Golden rule. Treat each other like you would like to be treated. We'll see you next week, and thanks for listening. <laughs>